Hi, my name is Charlotte Burney, and I'm a 17-year-old attending the Ethical Culture Fieldston School in New York City. My goal is to explore the nationwide anxiety epidemic by hearing from authors, specialists, and educators. This is A is for Anxiety. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with John Allman. Mr. Allman currently serves as head of school at Trinity School, a K-12 co-educational day school serving 1,000 students on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Mr. Allman began his career teaching English and coaching several sports at his alma mater, the Lovett School in Atlanta, Georgia. Following graduate school, he taught English to middle school and high school students and coached at St. Mark's School of Texas in Dallas, becoming head of its English department in 1990. In 1994, he returned to the Lovett School as upper school principal. He was appointed headmaster at Houston's St. John School in 1998, where he served for 11 years prior to his appointment as Trinity's head of school in 2009. Mr. Allman received a BA in English from Yale University and holds a master's degree in English from the University of Virginia. Mr. Allman and his wife, Michelle, have three sons, John, 29, Brooks, 26, and Henry, 27. Mr. Allman, thank you so much for speaking to me today. I'm delighted to be with you, Charlotte. Awesome. So the first question that I've asked everyone is why they really went into their field of work. So for you, why did you decide to go into education? And specifically, why did you choose to work with young children and high schoolers? Uh, First of all, as a student, uh, I really enjoyed school and I enjoyed my teachers and gradually I found that the questions and ideas and concerns my teachers were inviting me to explore were really fascinating and engaging and I found them deeply meaningful Uh, and thinking about these questions and issues seemed really, really important to me, uh, to my getting along in the world as an adult seeking a, a life that mattered. And so I I was fascinated by these uh, opportunities to be in conversation about things that were meaningful to me and and seemingly invaluable to the world as well. Mm -hmm. And so when I had to make a decision about what I would do as an adult, uh, teaching seemed the best path for me to be able to continue to discuss life's most important questions. And I really chose my major, English, because English seemed to offer the most flexibility to me Uh, as a teacher, because I could, depending on the kinds of books I might choose to have students read, I could change the subject of conversation in class. So it seemed to allow me to talk about everything. And that's why I decided to do what I would, what I do. Yeah. And I think those conversations are so important. I, I, for English teachers specifically, I know in my English class, we talk about such important topics. So That's exciting. I can see why you would want to be a teacher. And then, so now at Trinity, what is your level of student interaction on a daily basis? Uh, Really, in any given week, I I really have three regular opportunities to sort of engage with students. Uh, First, I'm an advisor. So that means I see a group of 10 students uh, through their high school experience. I'm with them from ninth grade through 12th grade and offer them just sort of guidance and counsel as an advisor. I also teach two sections of a sophomore mini course called Self, School, and Society. 
and that's a mini course that every 10th grader has to take that asks students to ponder the relationships between their identity and their emerging selfhood and the society they'll eventually enter as adults and then to think about the role of schooling in shaping their relationship between themselves, their identity, and society eventually. So th those are the three main ways that I interact with students regularly each week. And of course, my job also has me meeting periodically with student leaders, student council, the Student Diversity Leadership Council, and other students You know, as issues arise. Okay. And then in both the broad scope of all your years in education and then even more specifically from 2009 to now, how have you noticed the anxiety in students change, if at all? Have you noticed more of it? Have you noticed students struggling with it more than they used to in the past? What has been your experience with that? Uh, I think my perception, and, and I think it's supported by a good bit of research, is that adolescent anxiety has both broadened, in other words, more experience it, and deepened, and that the mm -hmm. intensity of their anxiety has gotten more serious. So I think more children are experiencing anxiety, and the anxiety that they are feeling is really more and more intense. I was reading this, actually, this one piece of research, uh, Jean Twenge, who wrote this book called iGen, she's been researching this for, for years, and she actually thinks that, you know, Student, an, an average high school student now has similar levels of anxiety to the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Wow. And I actually read an article the other day that students at schools like Trinity, like Fieldston, are now actually considered an at-risk population in terms of anxiety. And that it, their anxieties are at the same sort of level in a lot of ways as kids suffering from poverty or troubles with single parent households and I just thought that was so interesting yeah it, it, it was really a, a sign of the times really I, I saw that as well you know it's, I don't think adults in America are doing a whole lot better than, than adolescents either by the way yeah <laughs> I sort of read also that one-third of Americans are likely to suffer from anxiety disorder in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So uh, adults don't seem to be a whole lot doing a whole lot better than, than adolescents either. Yeah. Um, so on a daily basis, how have you seen anxiety manifest? And what is the difference between the anxiety that you might see in the lower schoolers? I don't even know exactly how that would take form and the anxiety that you see in high schoolers, because I think specifically juniors and seniors, anxiety is pretty high right now. Yeah. Uh, first, kind of let me say that, you know, I, I think our goal is not to eliminate anxiety. You know, I think every meaningful human challenge will engender some anxiety. Mm -hmm. I think anxiety is kind of an unavoidable and, and perhaps even useful signal that what we're facing is an authentic challenge that may thwart our efforts to succeed. So I think such anxiety can motivate us to intensify our efforts and our focus so we can reduce that anxiety and increase our chances to succeed. Uh, I think any challenge that engenders no anxiety is probably 
not really a challenge at all or not yeah. a meaningful. And some anxiety is good. I mean, it also, yeah. it pushes, it, anxiety so, is really good for some people. So, you know, I think what we're talking about is sort of, you know, this unhealthy intensity or relentlessness of it or intensity beyond what seems sort of uh, sort of normal. Uh, and I think there's anxiety wherever there are groups of people trying to motivate others to act and perform in certain ways. So, you know, I, I do think lower schoolers probably do experience, can experience anxiety in an unhealthy way. I think it just may be harder to detect mm-hmm. uh, because I think a lot of what anxiety has to do with is the motivation underneath someone's uh, drive to succeed, whether or not one's trying to comply with the expectations of others, which I think leads to an unhealthy kind of anxiety or whether or not one over time internalizes the reasons for doing certain things and, and sort of believes in it for their own sake and, and leads to sort of healthy, uh, healthy motivation. Yeah. So, and in lower school, I think it's harder perhaps to discern if a child is hardworking and eager, it's hard to know whether or not they're doing that just because they want to please their teacher which might lead to unhealthy anxiety or that they're internalizing and see why that might be useful to them and, and would be a more healthy way to go. But, uh, you know, I think in schools, I think anxiety is going to intensify the moment that students begin to receive grades Yeah. that uh, function to signal who's doing school well or better than others or worse than others and, and who is not. So, you know, that's why I think you start to see it, you know, more so in middle school than in lower school where you see grades. And then as the college admissions process enters into it, it just intensifies. Yeah. So all of this, you know, is, is going to happen. And it's so hard because, I mean, I remember from middle school and lower school and high school, teachers really do whatever they can to encourage students not to share grades with each other. And I think what it's hard to realize until after is that they're really doing that for your own good. And it, but there's just that temptation to talk about grades with other people. And I think that causes so much sort of unnecessary anxiety. Exactly. But again, it makes perfect sense. You can't, you, I don't think you can expect anyone once you start to grade for students when they start that to not begin to try to figure out where I stack up relative to the other people around me. Yeah, completely. You have to do it to kind of figure out your place in this little universe that you're living in. So I can't imagine you not doing it. It's just try to, once you get past that initial phase of some of that, really trying to make sure it doesn't kind of take over kind of your thinking about yourself and and, and, and your schooling and, and what you're trying to do. Yeah. And one thing, at least what I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this too, is that in middle school and ninth grade especially, I felt the buzz of, oh, what did you get? What did you get? A lot more than I actually feel it right now. I've noticed that this year especially people are really keeping to themselves. And I don't know if that's about the fact that the college process is starting um, but I, I don't know if that's something that you've seen also, or if you think grade sharing really no, happens. No, I mean, to me, that makes perfect sense. Cause like I said, I think people have to be figuring this stuff out. Like ninth grade, we're new, new stage, sometimes new students, 
uh, fifth grade, middle school, new stage, you know, and people are going to be more explicit about trying to figure out where they stack up. But, uh, but I think they start to also realize that that, that, that really is anxiety producing to sort of be yeah. surrounded by it constantly. And so I do think all of us kind of learn just to kind of back off of it and to try to offer out of self-preservation that it's, it really can get extraordinarily, uh, you know, stressful and anxiety producing to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Would you say that you've noticed students talk about their experiences with anxiety with their friends? Uh, that, that's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't know how much they talk about it. You know, I, I suspect that they may not, you know, I think because you're supposed to appear cool and collected and all put together and practically perfect, I'm not sure how much students sometimes volunteer that they're feeling anxious about, uh, uh, you know, about what they're doing. so I don't. I definitely don't hear a lot of it. Again, it, I can understand why students wouldn't be volunteering that to me. So I don't. But I don't overhear much of it either. Of course, I hear about stresses and and pressure uh, that yeah. students feel. They've got lots of work, that sort of thing. But but uh, you know, I fear that students really suppress talk about anxiety because. Uh, you know, sometimes just because they're, they're meant to look as if they're doing all of this effortlessly and flawlessly mm-hmm. and to talk about anxiety would be acknowledging something quite different. I also feel like anxiety can feel like that big, scary word that, I mean, even if you're describing exactly how you're feeling and all signs point to anxiety, no one really wants to use that word because it feels very definitive. Yeah, and, and again, I think, you know, it, it may also, I think there still may be a stigma associated with that. You Completely. Know, that you're starting to fall into kind of mental illness and being imbalanced and, you know, uh, flawed in some sort of, in, in, in a label that may, people may be afraid to get labeled as. I don't want to get labeled as anxious, you know, before yeah. I know, you know, it, it could end up having consequences. So that may be some of it as well. But, I you know, I'm curious, do you know, do you do? Do you hear students talk about anxiety as such? Um, so in with my friends, at least, I would say the word actually gets thrown around a lot. Um, no one has ever said, I, am, I suffer from anxiety or I have really bad anxiety. But people will often say, like, I'm so anxious for this test. I don't even know what to do with myself. Or... I am so anxious. I don't think I'm going to be able to get all of my work done. And I actually, I, I think in the past year, especially, um, a lot of people have been using that word. So that's something interesting that I've noticed. Yeah. And I, you know, I do suspect as your question suggested, I do suggest it's probably gendered as well. The the response, I would guess that, girls would be more likely than boys to sort of uh, be talking about these things. I've never heard a boy talk about it. (laughs) In in my personal experience. And what I've also noticed, which I find really interesting, is in my personal experience, female teachers have been 
more willing to take students aside and talk to them about the anxiety that they're experiencing. Um, so I wonder if there's any correlation with that also. Yeah, that makes sense too. Um, so the next question that I have is, I think, pretty fitting for right now, um, which is that stress about the college process, I think, begins at a really early age, um, but that junior year and senior year especially, it starts to get pretty intense. So how have you sort of felt the, I mean, I guess vibe is the right word to use here, the vibe of Trinity change during these few months as early decision is coming in. Um, have you sort of felt the anxiety in the school? And what do you think teachers and administrators can do to help kids navigate this? Yeah. Uh, first of all, you, you, your, your question is great in the sense that I, I definitely feel like, first of all, the, the season of, of college admissions is getting larger and larger and larger. Yeah. And so the stresses are getting larger and larger and longer and longer as well. Back in the dark ages when I was applying to college, uh, the college admission season was the fall of your senior year. Uh, you know, and, and there, there wasn't much early decision and, you know, you were really thinking about it in the fall. Yeah. Know, of course, and then sort of, you know, creeps into the junior year and then it creeps into your sophomore year. And then, you know, suddenly you're thinking, you know, your parents are talking to you about, you you know, preparing for it in middle school. So it, it just, you know, gets longer and longer and longer and longer. And so, continues <laughs> to build up also. Exactly. Yeah. It, you know, so uh, you're definitely right. Sort of like the season just gets more and more intense. The ma- ways it manifests itself uh, predominantly is, you know, the, the legendary horrors of the junior year is where you hear about it most. And you when students talking about their junior year or parents talking about their children's junior year, or it's just, there's this huge pall that's cast over this entire year of high school. Completely. Uh, it's, it's just this, you know, just again, I, I, I you know, I, I, all the hype is so extraordinarily negative. I actually remember my junior year as really one of the, I loved my junior year just because I loved, I loved what I would, it seemed like more so than any other year I'd been in high school, the kinds of things we are studying in U.S. history and in American literature were just amazing. I loved my junior year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I feel badly uh, that it's kind of gotten co-opted by all of these, you know, sort of expectations going in that it's just going to be a miserable, horrible, you, you know, just wretched year through and through uh yeah people are so scared going into their junior year oh i don't know what we could ever do to try to get people not to sort of convince themselves even before it started that it's going to be just wreck you know just wretched what's even uh, scarier is I, i have classes with seniors this year and they're they are all saying i mean you think junior year is hard have a fun time the first semester senior year. (laughs) And so I I don't know if you think it's going to be just absolutely hellish, maybe the, you know, that's good because it's not going to be quite so bad. So it'll experience better. So, 
in terms of what what to do about it, you know, what what teachers can do about it, you know, I, I've always thought that really the most important thing that teachers can do about it is teach their courses in such a way that students just really get inspired and, and engaged by Completely, what they're yeah. studying. You know, just make it really, really interesting, make it relevant, make it, you know, make, you know, just overcome kind of this is all about just how what great I'm going to get. And instead, boy, this is really fascinating and interesting. And I, I'm, I'm enjoying my time yeah. in this course doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I think that's really, uh, really important. Uh, but I'd also say, you know, that I hope also that, you know, teachers are helping students to sort of discern their strengths as students and that, and mm-hmm. that that's what students are perceiving in their classes. Uh, I also hope they're developing a relationship with their students so that students feel like they care for them as people, not just as history students or math students so that the quality of the relationship uh, matters and means something and, and, and feels, you know, enriching and infirming. Uh, and then, you know, I, finally, I just hope teachers don't do anything that sort of uh, leads students to feel like they're comparing themselves with one another. And, yeah. You know, you know, to sort of avoid the kinds of things that would lead you to, to kind of do that. So, you know, I, I think those are the main thing, you know, teachers can do to kind of try to address, you know, address some of the anxiety. That's such an interesting perspective because I think if you asked a lot of students what teachers can do, their immediate gut response would be just give less work. But I actually, when I really think about it, it's it's in a lot of ways not about the quantity of work, but like you said, what you're doing. Because for me, at least, a lot of anxiety comes when I just feel like I have stuff to get done and not enough time. But when I'm doing things that I really find interesting, it that anxiety of feeling like it needs to be perfect sort of goes away. And I, that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah, I, you know, I love this quote from uh, Nietzsche who says this, he who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. Yeah. So again, it's not about the hard work or, or the, you know, high standards or any of that. It, it's all about why you're doing this. And, and again, if that core, if what you're learning feels like it's really important to be learning it, I, I just don't think the how much of it makes so much a difference. But when it feels like it's only about kind of the grade you're getting, some sort of ex- extrinsic validation for what you're doing, you know, I think that's when you have a hard time sustaining it and sort of feeling kind of, you know, like, what is this all for? Mm-hmm. And I've also noticed this year, I mean, I'm in these classes with seniors and the classes that I do have seniors and I am not even, I haven't appreciated it till now, our types of assessments haven't come with a number, which I think is such a good feeling in some ways. Like for one of my classes, I have to teach my short story class uh, my own short story and I give the whole lesson and I get the whole class period. But it's this really relaxed environment and then you're not just, you don't see a percentage on a piece of paper. And in my history class, we did a group project. And in 
my other class we did this creative journal entry kind of thing. And I think it's just that really nice feeling of just caring about your work as opposed to caring about the exact percentage you get. Um, and I think that's definitely decreased my anxiety in those classes. Exactly. And, and you bring up another point, which is, again, the, for teachers to be creating opportunities for students to have some option to explore personal areas of interest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and to really allow some time and space for that to be a significant component of what they're doing as well. As well as I love this idea of, of a sort of kind of trying to hold off on sort of telling people to grade and getting them to focus on other aspects of their work rather yeah. than just how it's gotten ranked or sorted in the grading process. And sort of off of that note of grades and the competitive factor of that. So Trinity is a really competitive school and there's you obviously want to maintain um, that reputation of going to a really amazing school. And with that comes tough assignments, tough grades. But so how do you change the intense culture while also maintaining these really high academic standards? Well, you know, again, like I, I just tried to suggest, I'm not really so interested in changing the intensity of it as so much the sort of the why why the intensity. You yeah. Know, I hope you find really things that you really want to be intense about. You know, find passions that you're really sort of eager to do and, and lose yourself in, you know. Uh, so, you know, I think at Trinity, the way we're trying to balance this idea of, of, of well-being with, you know, high academic standards is uh, is just to try to develop a different kind of why for your work, you know. And yeah. so some of that can be, you know, mainly just about they're, they're, these are really meaningful things that we're studying. I think some of it can be some of them are just beautiful or, or satisfy curiosity mm-hmm. or just sometimes just fun for their own sake, you know, yeah. entertainment. So I think all of those are things that, really ought to be in the mix about what you, you know the things we're asking students to do they can be fun they can be interesting uh, they can be beautiful they can be just fascinating because learning about the way things work sometimes is just really kind of fascinating yeah. and, and so not you know and try to get just away from seeing it so much is just something that 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 I've got to be nearly perfect at and and short of that, it feels like a, a really a distressing kind of uh, experience. So, you know, it, it, but again, this is, I think this is extraordinarily hard work because yeah. to do that is working against all kinds of broader cultural norms. You know, it's really asking students to care about some things other than advancing themselves, uh, you know, being self-interested in, 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 in seeing, you know, and instead sort of to take a different kind of approach to this and, and, and see learning and, and, and basically attending to others, not just attending to oneself as one goes through school. Uh, and that that's countercultural. So it's it's it, it's not easy to do this. I think the broader culture, particularly in New York City, uh, is all about superior achievement uh, and uh, excellence uh, over others 
Uh, so I, I think it's hard to kind of uh, really get into a whole different frame of mind and not get sucked into kind of uh, just, you know, grinding it out to sort of advance oneself. That's so interesting to me that you mentioned New York City as a whole because that's been something that I've been thinking about a lot too because I have these friends that live in Boston and I just, the way they talk about school is so different than the way that I talk to anyone I've met from New York City when they talk about school. Well, that, that is interesting. Although I have found that, again, I've been at other schools and other places, and I, I do find that in almost every major metropolitan area, again, there are high-achieving families seeking the best for their children, wanting mm-hmm. to maximize their chances for success, and I find all of them struggling with the same things we've been talking about. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, something that I've really learned from this podcast is just that really no one is immune to this anxiety. I, I mean, everybody is. Everybody has to deal with it in some form of their life, whether they have it themselves or a loved one or their friends, anything. Um, and then the other question that I really wanted to ask you was you talked about how at the academic level and for teachers we can sort of change the the culture at these schools and I don't know if you know the answer to this or if there even is an answer but for students socially there that culture still exists um even when I'm doing these really interesting projects people are still comparing grades and then it still gets really competitive in these social environments so how do you change those types of social environments do you think there is a way uh it's a great question you know again in in some of what i think about you know when you're asking about social social dynamics you know so much of what i've been focused on is has to do with academic pressures but I, i actually think i'm hearing from some students now that they feel similar kind of pressures and actually some saying even more pressures kind of in social domains and sort yeah. of the pressure to, to, to be popular, to be liked, to feel accepted and welcomed in, into groups. They, they, you know, some students are reporting me that they feel some of that is even stronger than academic pressures and, and com- comparing oneself to one another about in terms of popularity and, 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 and all of that becoming even more intense. So, uh, and again, I suspect that social media, you know, magnifies all of this oh, completely. Uh, significantly as well. So to me, it just adds a new layer to it, which is on top of kind of the some of the academic jockeying for position and superiority comes this additional layer of social anxiety from trying to sort of, you know, ex- raise one's place in social hierarchies at schools as well and so I think that's kind of a double whammy yeah and it's such a hard balance at school because in social environments not only do you feel the academic pressure because people are talking about grades but at the exact same time you feel the social pressure of which group do I sit with where am I going to sit at lunch like it's it's all these things happening at once Right. So, but, you know, it was interesting to me that, you know, some students say, really, we think that the the 
difficulties of that social hierarchy are even greater than the difficulties of the academic hierarchy in, in, in being really good as a student. So. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in a lot of ways, it feels like that stress um, is harder for adults to change. Yeah, it, it definitely is, it, it is, is, is harder and, and really, feel, you know, just really don't have a, you know, a whole lot of role in that. So it's, it's harder to witness and feel uh, like you can do much about it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today.